and welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. The divisional round is now over. We now have just four teams left in the playoffs as they all aim to make it to Vegas in two weeks' time. These are the 49ers, Detroit Lions, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. I'm your host, as ever, Andy Davis, and I'm this week joined by two guests who were a bit more regular in the postseason episodes last season. With us today, we've got, first of all, we've got Bengals fan Rory Joe Daniels. Rory, how have you been? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Enjoying the playoffs, even though the uh, Bengals aren't there. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it in a minute, but to be 9-8 and eight and be fourth in the division, it's, it just shows how good your division is, uh, and especially doing that with, with Avdo Burrow as well for most of it. Um, and then in the other end... In the let's say the green corner with us today is Eagles fan Cam McFarlane. Cam, how are you? Not bad, mate. Not bad. Good to be back on. Um, yeah, as sort of Rory mentioned, there not not so much with my Eagles after the first week of the playoffs, but at least it's making it a little bit stress free and actually enjoy the football for once rather than having to watch it through through sort of <clears throat> broken fingers at that point. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine it's um. Yeah, it's very stressful. I mean, I've had, you know, I had my first 10, nine, nine, 10 years as a fan of the Dolphins that seeing play a single playoff game, apart from actually apart from one season. And then now I've had two in the last uh, back to back years. And, um, you know, it's been, um, I say stressful, but both games you've gone into it a little bit as underdogs because both times you've gone into it completely banged up. So, um, yeah, I've not had it yet where we've been the favourites, but. Hopefully that will come. Hopefully that will come next year. I'm still waiting for that playoff win. Um, now, Roy, speaking of your Bengals, um, I want to get your thoughts on the uh, season as a whole because we had you on for the Bengals season preview. Uh, I think there's a lot of people were thinking you'd go far. And I certainly think if Joe Burrow was there, you would have. But what was your take on your season as a whole? <clears throat> yeah, it was obviously disappointing. Um, coming into the season, we had we had the injury to, to Burrow, which sort of, he was healthy to, to start the season but not fully healthy, and that derailed us a little bit. And then we sort of got everything back up and running, and he was he was looking good. And then obviously the hand injury, and then we had a few weeks of, of Jake Browning turning into like a, a mini burrow and a little bit of a renaissance, and we thought, oh, there's a chance here. We could, could get a wild card. And then uh, the season ended sort of a bit like the carriage turned into a pumpkin in the end and uh, the Browning dream sort of died off. But it was... It, we had a lot of young players, especially on the defensive side. Uh, I think we went into the season thinking that Luana Rumo as the defensive coach was going to propel those players. But as we know, with rookies, it's, it's really difficult to do. So in the end, they'll be better next year with a, a season under the belts. But disappointed, but a season of growth. And then hopefully if Vero comes back fully healthy, we'll be, we'll be better for it. Yeah, I'm sure if he's healthy, I'm sure you'll be... <clears throat> Once again, one of the top teams in the division. I, I, I'm very sure of it. Um, and Cam, for you, a bit of a different story for you. I mean, you were you were ten and one at one point this year. Did you think back then? I believe you actually on the podcast when you were ten and one, or maybe it was around about that time of the season. Um, so I just I don't think anyone, but especially you, would have ever thought it went how it did. I mean, one win in your final five six games of the season, and then losing in the playoffs like you did. I mean, what's your take on the season as a whole? Yeah, it was it was one of those. Yeah, it was around the middle of the season. I think we're possibly like you say nine and one, ten and one at that point. Whenever it was that I was on, and was sort of feeling like we were in a good place in that we played pretty badly up to that point. To be fair, but kept winning games, and I thought that was a a good point to to be at where we're getting over the line again. We shouldn't have won without playing particularly well, and thought it'll all come together. But as it 
as it transpired, it went the other way and we ended up not winning the games that we weren't meant to win down the stretch um, and just playing playing pretty poorly. I think I think there's going to be a, a couple of bits we'll see come out of it. We've obviously already, the defensive side of the ball, um, both uh, Pazai and Patricia not coming back. Um, but I just think it was... I think there's there's more we'll possibly find out in future about how bad Hertz's knee actually is because I think there's more there than what we've seen as well. The fact that he's he's barely moved moved away from from the pocket other than trying to scramble to throw the ball, but not looking that running threat that he always has done. And when you can drop back and know that you don't have to worry about him running with the ball, it makes it a lot easier to to defend against the rest. And a couple of injuries down the stretch didn't help, but we. I mean, I think it's a bit of a league-wide issue that we we all know that no one has pretty good tackling technique in the NFL on defence, but we we certainly took that to another level in the playoff game against the Bucks, where I don't think we, we completed a tackle in that game at any point, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, I actually did call <laughs> in that game, but I didn't think it'd be as much of a one-sided affair as it was. Uh, I didn't think it'd be quite the scoreline we got. But um, speaking of which, actually, going to our first playoff game, or really our first two, but our first one was one I don't think anyone expected. A real comfortable win for the Ravens. They end up winning by 34 points to 10. And then in the other game on Saturday, the 49ers edged out a close affair as they beat the Packers 24 to 21, uh, thanks to a, um, a missed field goal from the Packers helping in this. But I think really I want to talk about mainly two things. Firstly, is the young quarterbacks that end up losing in Jordan Love and T.J. Stroud. Um, both of these you know, won their first ever playoff game in their first season starting last week. And I think both can really have their head, heads held high. I mean, I don't think either of them really had a great performance in these losses to the Ravens and Niners. But I think what they've done, you know, um, both making the playoffs when really neither team was really expecting, particularly the Texans, to make it. Um, you know, Stroud was overlooked by the Panthers, wasn't a number one overall pick, and he's gone out and been... But I think it's the clear runner for Rookie of the Year. Um, I'll go to you first, Rory. Uh, just how much do you think these two, uh, how much of a bright future do you think they have, the fact that they've gone out their first playoff game, they've beaten the Cowboys, they've beaten the, the number one defence league at the time in the Browns. But those two quarterbacks, just how much of a promising future is it for these two teams with these quarterbacks and the centre? Well, it's massive, really. It's, I mean, especially particularly for the Texans, uh, such a surprise, really, with the, the roster they had. Um, and they've sort of done that sort of quick turnaround. But that roster wasn't particularly built to be a playoff challenger. Uh, and obviously, they've benefited a bit from being in the AFC South. But at the same time, that's going to be the same next year as well. So really, they're at the start of their journey with, with Stroud in the first year of his contract. So they're going to get that bump from him being so cheap for the next uh, three to four years. Um, and then for Green Bay, something similar, they can build around Love. He's going to want an extension, get an extension this off-season. So they're probably slightly nearer to having to, to get a Super Bowl run. Their window's probably not as wide. But again, they'll be happy that they'll be looking at next year and building the side around them. But both of them, I think, are strong, sort of easily top 10. And they'll both be pushing for that sort of top five quarterback. Probably around the, the fifth is a bit of up for debate, I think, number five quarterback in the league and I think both of them two will be in with the shout for that next next year so really promising and exciting guys to watch and it's we all know the, the league benefits from having more quality quarterbacks and them two are, have, have done everybody proud Yeah and I think that 
we we've done the last two years we've done me and Sam Mould and this podcast have done our ranking every starting quarterback of all 32 teams and I think certainly I don't think this whole season will be a case where they're in the top five but I think certainly the way they're going if they do it again next year then I think certainly particularly Stroud will be up for debate with that I think you know I think the first four probably set you look at Mahomes Alan Boer and uh, Lamar Jackson but I think you know look at I think the fifth it could be anyone from Justin Herbert to Jalen Hurts that's probably one I've missed out there but I think you know I think certainly there's definitely a, a, a I think I think it's by now the real gap between I think the fourth place fallback in the league and maybe the fifth place fallback uh, but either way I think Love and Stroud are going to be you know there and thereabouts and Rory you mentioned windows I mean Cam the 49ers and Ravens both their windows are, are right now I mean the Niners have been you know their windows have been there for a few years they've had a, quite a few near misses and they both, you know, once again, you know, it's once again we got both number one seeds making it to the conference championship game. Um, out of those two teams, Cam, which one of you of those two are you more confident in winning a Super Bowl out of the Nines and the Ravens? Um, it's a tough one. Going off what we've seen so far in the playoffs, I think you out of the two games, Baltimore looked the better side from what we saw over this weekend. But I'm not sure I ever trust Lamar, Lamar Jackson pretty much, to be fair. I think he puts the ball on the floor far too much for my liking. Um, and if you can sort of, it's, it's very difficult to do, but if you can stop him running it and make sure he has to throw it a lot more, I, I fancy a little bit more you can get into them than you can with all the weapons that you have on the Niners' offence. But that defence for Baltimore is is seriously legit. And we saw it with, with Stroud, who's had one of the best rookie seasons that we've ever seen in terms of quarterback play and, and didn't look anywhere near that player last uh, on Saturday night when he went up against that that Ravens team. Um, it's really close. And I still think the Niners just have too many weapons, as much as they've probably got, got a little bit of help on getting through, I still think they're the one that I would, I would, I would those two stick my hand. Yeah, I mean, I, I we we're going to go into Chiefs in a little bit, in a little bit, but I do, I do still think the Chiefs, you know, uh, have proved once again in the playoffs, in the Bills game, that they are still in the playoffs, a completely different team to what they are in the regular season. And I think the Patriots were were that for a lot of their dynasty, and I think the Chiefs are proving it once again. You know, Mahomes. Has never had a season. He's had six years starting as a quarterback. Never once had a season where he hasn't ho- hasn't played in a AFC title game. I think um, you know they'll they'll be. A, I think they'll be. Personally, I think they'll be a, they'll be a bigger test to the Ravens than the Lions will be to the Niners. Uh, but at the same time, I, I do think that you know all four teams left are teams that are worthwhile of of making. I think really the Ravens are the only ones that really have had a. Easy ride to get here in terms of this weekend just gone. I mean, you look at the Lions Bucks game, and you know Baker Mayfield had had quite the performance. I mean, it was I genuinely think one of one of the best losing quarterback performances I've seen in the playoffs in a while. I mean, also you can look at the interception towards the end of the game, but I think for someone who has really come into the season with a lot of doubt around him, only for only what only a one year four million dollar deal he was given by the Buccaneers, you know, a first quarterback in history to be drafted first overall and have four teams in six years. It's you know, it's he was doubted. And I think for him to come in again as the underdog, like he was against your Eagles, Cam, um, he's come in, you know, he's 
basically proved everyone wrong. And I know he had the interceptions, but to have three touchdowns, 349 yards, and I think the courage he showed um, was brilliant. I think the Buccaneers, again, Roy, I think they're going to have to. I mean, they only gave him a one-year deal, but I think for them, you know, they're not going to be in any position to draft a quarterback. And I think Baker Mayfield have done more than that to show he's a starter there. So I'm guessing you can see him uh, getting a new contract and being there for a few more years. Yeah, I certainly think you have to give him the deal. Um, no, I wouldn't give him a, a sort of a, a bumper a bumper deal. And if you're going to give it him, you, you sort of front load it, give him more of his money this year, give yourself some options down the line because obviously we haven't seen him consistently be able to perform at that level other than this this season. So I'm still not not sold on him as a as a sort of franchise quarterback. Um, but if you can make the deal work where it's a couple of years of him um, and then maybe still have an eye on the, the draft or, or developing a quarterback. Um, but certainly he's done enough. He, he's done enough certainly in his playoff performances where you would say, yeah, he deserves to, deserves re-upping on the, that contract, certainly. Yeah, I think that he's proved, even in that deal alone, that he's not seeming a guy worried about money. I think, you know, you, you can look at the adverts he's done in recent times to think maybe he is, but I think he's proved that maybe he can be a team player in that sense, like Brady was. Um, not that Mayfield anywhere near Brady's level of quality, but I think he's proved that he can be a team player and he can almost... So I think if he can... I could even see him maybe having a, maybe something like a $10 million deal. Maybe he'll do something like that. Well, maybe he'll think now I've done this. Now I deserve to get the many. I don't know. But I think either way, I think it's shown again that, you know, what how good you can work salary cap if you do if you do have that and have someone like him. But, um, you know, I think Detroit and Detroit Lions, um, actually, before we go on to that, actually, I want to talk about um, a trend I saw on the weekend was going for it on fourth down or going for two. There's a lot of that the weekend. We saw with the there was an instant early on in the Packers Niners game where the Packers went for it on fourth down, albeit I think it was fourth and inches, fourth and one, but they didn't get for it. It was it would have been an easy field goal. Uh, obviously they lost by three points and also they missed that field goal. There was the decision to go for two points by Todd Bowles late on in the Bucks game and against the Lions, albeit it didn't matter because the Lions dealt with the clock well, they ran the clock down and all that. And obviously then Baker threw the interception. And there was also the, the incident which thankfully for the Bills and their sake didn't matter, but they went for it on fourth with weirdly DeMar Hamlin on the fake punt. Um, do you think, Cam, we're seeing it almost way too much, this is analytics, yeah. the decisions go from a fourth down and you know, there's there's reasons behind it and you know, uh, you know, Dan Campbell's, you know, proved that it works. But for a lot of teams they, they often do this, end up losing by by three points or less. So do you think this is a trend that has maybe gone too far? I view it a bit like you know in, in our in our football, there's a definite trend of teams almost every team trying to play out from the back and when really they sometimes just you just clear the ball. And I think we're seeing it with the NFL. I think too many teams are trying to go in front and fourth down, not converting it, and often they're losing by just a couple of points. What's your take, Cam? Yeah, it's it has gone sort of a long way, and I think it all sort of started a little bit with us a few years ago when we won the Super Bowl with Doug Pearson and going for it a lot at that point and saying, look, I'm backing my guys to, to get it done on that. And that we we converted a high percentage of doing it. But it's it does happen a lot now. Um the the one for the Bills was was odd the, with the fake punt to Demar Hamlin. I don't know what they were trying to do there. It just never looked like working. And then 
Um, and then, like you say, there was a couple of others with the Packers. And I think I sort of understand it early on in the game for the Packers because you're thinking, realistically, we know what San Francisco can do on offence and the, the numbers that they've put up throughout the season. Field goals aren't maybe going to be enough to win this game, but as it turned out in the end, there was only three points in it. It wasn't the high scoring affair that, that we've seen a lot of the a lot of the year from them. And those points are important, and especially then when you go and miss field goals later on, it's it's a big thing. I I obviously saw the the books with top balls going for going for two as well. I don't mind it because in that situation they were down at that point by 14 when they've scored. And you sort of back you guys to get it at least one out of two on the two-point conversion means we're at least going to overtime. And then, but if we get it on the first one, it gives us a, a chance to just kick a field goal second time round and, and win the game without having to, to worry about overtime and whether we, we go and score again at that point or whether they go straight down and score a touchdown because, to be fair, didn't really look like getting a stop on defence at any point. They're thinking maybe we've got to try and win it on offence here rather than having to go to overtime. I didn't mind that as much. I thought it wasn't wasn't the worst call. They were probably a little bit unlucky on it as well, but it was probably PI as well <laughs> on that two-point conversion just thrown it to the, the back corner at no point as the defender tried to turn his head around. But in the end, they, they didn't go and score the second touchdown, so it, it didn't particularly matter as, as it turned out. Yeah, I mean, I I always say that, like, I think at that point in the game, just take the points, because I, I get that argument, I get the fact that, you know, it's about, you know, they don't get players get maybe tired on defence as well, but yeah, I think everything you say, I, I agree with, but at the same time, I think if you're backing your guys to, you know, to score from two-point conversion, and surely you're backing your guys to, to win in overtime, so I think at that point, just, I, I'm, you know, I'm definitely would be a conservative head coach if I was in the NFL, I think, I would just take the points, take it over time and hope for the best because you, I'd rather take it over time, have a tide after normal after the clock hits zero and lose in overtime than lose by a point and wonder, oh, what if I'd just gone for the gone extra? I think there's probably less what ifs if you just go for the point and just take it to overtime because if you lose by a, a, a touchdown, you know, a, a good touchdown as well, I think you can almost say, oh, well, that's, you know, it's out of our hands, especially, but then especially with the fact that now both teams have the chance to have the ball in overtime, uh, I think that maybe they would have been, you know, less what is, but at the same time, as we just mentioned, it didn't matter because Bacon may feel through the interception and that's by really a nice segue because I want to talk about Detroit's defence. I mean, Roy, that ends up winning the game. I mean, Jared Goff threw for zero picks, Baker threw for two, and they lost by just a couple of points. So, um, for you, Roy, just I mean, going into a Niners game, especially with Debo Samuel, a bit of an injury doubt, um, how much of a crucial factor do you think that will be, probably, probably even more than offence, uh, for the Lions against the Niners? Yeah, it's going to be massive for them. I think the Lions have struggled a little bit in the secondary at times, um, and that was seen as a bit of a weak spot going into that game. And the, the big thing, obviously, if you've got areas of your defence where you're a bit sketchy or you're a bit worried about it, the, the main thing is you need to turn the ball over. And I think that's what they're going to have to do against the 49ers. They might not be able to slow them down consistently, but if you can come up with big players, then that's going to get you the ball back, get you into scoring positions and I think that's what they'll have to do and they've got playmakers now they've got CJ um, Gardner-Johnson back healthy Brian Branch um, and obviously Hutchinson if you can get him coming off the edge if he can force a fumble 
um, Ali McNeil in the middle. So they've, they've got guys with talent. It's just it hasn't always been they haven't always been able to slow teams down. And we saw it, didn't we, with, with the with Mayfield when he came out and. The, he was able to score quickly in big chunk plays. We saw Mike Evans with, with chunk plays. So I expect the 49ers to be able to do that, but the Lions might be able to take advantage of, of Brock Purdy because at times he can throw sketchy balls. You know, he, he, he's not averse to throwing a pick or two, Purdy. And um, I think they'll they'll need a couple of takeaways if they're going to still be, be in it in the fourth, fourth quarter. Yeah, and I think they need to almost try to establish a lead in that game in the fourth quarter because Purdy just seems to in the fourth quarter turn to a different player. I mean, there's a lot of times even in the in the game against the, the Packers, he, he did struggle for a lot large portion of the game. Well didn't look quite, you know, at the top of his game. And then that drive in the fourth quarter that ended up winning in the game, I think that will really that's I think really I'd 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 I mentioned this before, but I I've been slating to a lot. But I'd rather have what he's got and maybe not be the best quarterback in the league. But when it comes to clutch situations, like he that Eli Manning back in the day, and he comes up clutch and does that because you know we've seen Dak, we've seen Tua, the two main examples is this off this um this season of players that yeah it's all good you you know you, you're performing well in the regular season, but if you can't perform when it matters in big moments, then really. What we're doing here, and where where are you going to go with this team? So, I think even though Purdy, I think is probably the most out of the four callbacks, left the most limited callback remaining in the playoffs. But if you had all four callbacks in a playoff situation and in a big game, I'd back Purdy probably second to second to Mahomes out of those four callbacks left. So I think uh, as well with, with the weapons he's got, I think it's um, a frightening prospect for um, for that. And I want to talk about the last game. Two great callbacks and Alan Mahomes batted it out last night in a Chiefs against Bills in Buffalo. Um, lived up to his bidding, the game of the week, and it was one of the games of the week as well. Uh, 27 to 24 to the Chiefs as they once again beat the Bills in the playoffs. Uh, the third time now that the Bills have lost to the Chiefs in the postseason. Um, that means I mentioned before Mahomes is playing once again in the AFC title game. His first one on the road, but his sixth in his career in six years starting. Some achievement wears for the Bills. Um, obviously, the, the big takeaway is to miss some Tyler Bass. Um, I mean, Josh Allen was, I thought, was really good. I mean, three touchdowns, two on the ground, one in the air. Um, really, I know he, he, everyone points to the to the, the missed throw to Diggs, but I blame that more on Diggs and then Allen. And there was, I think, another missed pass. But apart from that, there's not really much more he could have done in this game. Uh, what was your what was your take on it, Cam? That that game and that and another loss for the Bills against the Chiefs. That's it, isn't it? That's what we're what we're coming back to more than anything is the fact that it is another loss to to the Chiefs in in a big game when it matters and it's close again. It, it was really tight, like I say, the midfield goal away from from overtime again, which is the exact reason that both teams get to take the ball in overtime these days is because of the Bills and Chiefs game the year before where where they didn't get a chance in overtime to possess it. The Chiefs went straight down and scored. It's just a really good quality game. We, like you say, there's not much more Alan can do, but how many times are we going to say that about him when he keeps not winning games when it matters? Um, he's, he's sort of done everything he can. It's it's not the best kick from Tyler Bass, who's generally pretty solid as well, to be fair. Um, obviously, always going to be difficult conditions, kicking in, in the cold and the, and the wind, as you'll get in Buffalo. But we've got to talk about the real star of the show, which was... 
which was Stuart and Kelsey in this oh game. Oh, my God, yeah. Crowd. Um, <laughs> I'll find a way to segue it back to the Eagles at any point, but um, shirtless, down in beers, with the Chiefs out on, supporting, supporting his brother out there. Um, and, yeah, just just getting it done when it matters again, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Like you say, it's an incredible record to have gone to the playoffs and the AFC Championship game in every single season as a starter six seasons in and we'll see if he can do it on the road this time but everyone questioned that going into this game against the Bills and he's gone and done it so who's going to write him off at this point really? That's a thing I mean it's it, it, I think Elsie I genuinely think if he wins it this year I think he'll go down as maybe even top three quarterback because he'll have more Super Bowls than Manning more than Elway more than Favre and you know He's already, you know, I think if he wins on on um, Sunday next week, he'll be already tied for third for the most playoff wins for a quarterback. He's already on twelve. Um, you know, I think that I think you know some players look at Marino. He's got the arm talent, not the rings. Other players look at Eli Manning, not got the talent as much, but got two rings. Whereas Mahomes has both. He's got the arm talent. He's got the the, the rings, the honors. I think you know. I think we're looking at. I think Montana and Brady were far stretch to go. Uh, particularly Brady, but I think Mahomes is, is legacy. If he goes on and beats Baltimore Ravens, and then if he goes on and beats the Niners, then I think his legacy will be, I think, top three quarterback of all time. Um, before we do go, uh, I wanted to quick, quickly ask you guys, not who you think is going to make the Super Bowl, but who you want to make it. Like, for example, I know I was very happy that the Bills did, didn't win on Sunday, and I'm sure, Cam, you were ecstatic when the, the, the Cowboys lost um, to the Packers and Rory, I'm sure you'll be cheering on the Chiefs over the Ravens. Uh, but yeah, Rory, which two teams do you want to advance to the Super Bowl? Yeah, it is difficult um, because I know Bengals and Chiefs have a bit of a checkered relationship. Oh, yes. It's quite yeah. an intense uh, tense rivalry at the minute. So um, uh, to be honest, I'm not bothered who gets through in the, the AFC. Um, whoever from the NFC comes through, I will be supporting those. Um, but for me personally, I would like to see the Lions there because my brother-in-law is a massive Lions fan. Um, so that would make the, the Super Bowl party that we have, it would give us a, a vested interest. So I will be cheering on the Lions. Fingers crossed they, they get through. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think for me, as long as the Chiefs don't make it, that's fine because it's nothing against the Chiefs. I, I like Mahomes. I like the team, but it's more. I want to see teams I've not seen win it before win it. Like you know, um, you know, and also with the fact I've seen the Ravens and the Bills, but the Ravens in London and in Baltimore. I I saw the um, Lions play in Baltimore as well. I think for that, I want to see a team I've seen in live win the Super Bowl that year. Um, and I think I just don't want to see Taylor Swift. I'm tired of seeing every game Taylor Swift. You know. It's like, thank God Kelsey was there because he took the, the attention away from her at times. But whenever Kelsey scored, it's straight to her. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's me. I, I know there's bigger bigger things to worry about in the NFL, but that for me is just getting far too much now. I'm sort of hoping hope they break up over the offseason because I'm tired of seeing it. Um, I think I want the Ravens to win for that reason. And also, I've never seen them win a Super Bowl. Their win was just a bit before my time. I was checking the scores, but I never watched NFL at that point when they beat the beat the Niners. And then for me, I think you know, I've got you know good friends who are Niners fans. Um, my well, my dad being one, but also uh, a few friends of the show like Paul Hope. But the Lions for me, I think most people want the Lions to win. Unless you're probably a Packers, Bears, or Vikings fan, I think most people want the want the want the Lions to win it. Whether that's down to Dan Campbell, whether that's down to Jack, the Jared Goff situation, or 
Aidan Hutchinson, I think there's so many nice stories in the team. That's, you know, that's only their third playoff win. Uh, I believe third playoff win since the uh, 1957, which is crazy. Uh, and I think the story there, you look at the way they've, they're, they're a perfect example of how you draft. I mean, everything they've done from behind the scenes to drafting, they just really built it in, in the best way possible. And I think they are really would be the best story. Um, but for you, Cam, who do you want to win the Super Bowl? And who just t- two, which two teams, I should say, do you want to play in Vegas? Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of less worried in the in the AFC side of things. I'm not, not too worried who goes out of that side. But I, with Rory, I think I want. I want to see the Lions there. I think, like I say, Dan Campbell's great. They've just signed um, Zach Ertz, by all accounts, as well, um, for the last two games of the season. Zach's going ring hunting, apparently. Um, so, I think another little little Eagles connection there. Zach's someone that I thought we should have brought back in, really, uh, when he became a free agent towards the end of the season. I thought we needed a little bit of help at that end as well and would have been a good move for us. So, it'd be good to see him go and get another ring, having got one a few years ago. Um being a big part of that that win for us. And then, yeah, I think on the other side of things, just whoever I sort of want to lose to them as much as anything, I'll take a bit more of Jason Kelsey on the sidelines and, and we'll take the Chiefs to, to get beat by the Lions in the big one. Nice one. Finally, quick, quick question for you both. Now, if the Ravens go on and win it all, can you guess that they'll be the first team since who to win a Super Bowl the same season they played in London? Rory, any guesses? Oh, uh, uh, Chiefs. No, Cam. Can you guess the only the, the the last team to win a Super Bowl when they played in London the same season? Played in London the same season. Um, that is a, a very good question. Um, the Bucks play in London that year. No, they played the year before. Did I remember? I think Winston was playing in that game. I think he threw something yeah. like four or five picks. Oh, well, the answer is the first ever London game. It was the 2007 New York Giants was the last time a team played in London and went on to win a Super Bowl. And I believe it's the first time ever that a team's played in London and in number one seed in their conference. So, um, yeah, fair play to the Ravens. They, um, I think a lot of UK fans actually are going to be cheering on the Ravens for that reason because I think a lot of UK fans who have never, you know, who maybe only go to London games um, will really want that on their... To say they've done that, they've seen a team win a Super Bowl and seen them play that season. So for me, I think there'll be a lot of, I think, UK and also um, David, obviously David Ajabo as well. I, I don't know whether he's in the active squad or the practice squad because of his injury, whatever, or injury reserve. But uh, obviously there was, there was a Brit somewhere involved in the Ravens. So um, yeah, I think I think I think everyone's aligned, but I'm not I'm not against the Ravens winning it as long as it's not the Chiefs. I, I don't really care to be honest. Um, but that is where we'll end the podcast for today. So first of all, thank you to both Cam and Roy for coming on. Cheers, thanks, thanks for having us. Great to have you both on, and we'll look to have bring you guys more of our game previews this week. We'll have our Lions against Niners preview and our Chiefs against Ravens preview, and then of course we'll probably have a week off before then, having a few maybe a few episodes on the week of Super Bowl, uh, building up to the big game. But this has been the Across the Pod NFL podcast, our divisional round review. I've been Andy, this has been Cam and Rory, and we'll see you guys next time.